Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you again, as always, for joining us. Uh, we had a fun weekend of boxing. Me and Franco got together, had a couple beers, watched the pay-per-view in my basement, and, uh, you know, <laughs> we're able to catch up and have a few laughs. It was fun. Do I think that this was worth a pay-per-view? Uh, I don't. What do you think, Franco? Uh, I'm on the fence about it only because it's been so dry as far as big boxing matches goes that this has been the closest thing to a big boxing match that we've had in a while, but pay-per-view, I don't know that it was pay-per-view worthy, but it did have a lot of big names. Some of them paid off. Some of them didn't, but yeah, I'm ready to dive right in. Uh, yeah. I think we're only doing one deep dive, right? Yeah. Big names. Not, there was zero big matches. There was, there was some big names going against, you know, barbacks and cab drivers. So let's get into it. Gervonta Davis, 28 years old, coming in at 27 and 0, versus Hector Luis Garcia, 31 years old, coming in at 16 and 0. Here's my impression of this fight, Franco. I didn't even buy the fight for this main event, but Gervonta Davis was the one selling this card. It was his uh, his name that was really getting this going. He beat the guy he was supposed to beat. He beat a guy coming up in weight and destroyed him. The guy couldn't get off his stool in the ninth round. He beat a guy he was supposed to beat. They said early on, this is a tune-up fight. And that's exactly what this whole card was, really, was a lot of guys trying to showcase themselves for the next fight. You know, a 28-year-old prospect, like, I, I don't get it. When is he going to fight the real guys at 135 instead of his next fight is going to be against Ryan Garcia? Uh, I'll, I'll tune in and watch it because I think it'll be a good fight. But you know, just neither him nor Garcia wants to say anything about Devin Haney, which is the real champ at 135. This was for an imaginary belt, this bullshit WBA secondary belt. I don't give a shit about. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I had to say about this. I'd love to see this dude fight some real competition. 28-0 now, other than Leo Santa Cruz. Has there been any of these fights that you were like, oh, I can't wait to see this one? There's been none of them for me. No, and there's fights to be made. There's a lot of big names, and they're just not going up against each other. Now, we weren't the only ones that got suckered, not just from a pay-per-view point of view. They had 19,000 people at this venue in Washington, D.C. That is a massive crowd for just an okay card. Like When I look at different sports teams, you know, major sports teams struggling to fill a stadium, uh, you know, no secret, I'm a big wrestling fan. They struggle to fill venues. And so for boxing, you know, a lot of people talk about how boxing's dying, this, that, the other thing. But then when big fights happen, it's huge. And these fighters are pulling down some of the biggest paydays in sports. But when it's something like this, it's kind of like it's shitting on all of that. It's how do you get 19,000 people in there and you have big names? But then, like you said in the preview, it's against nobodies. And it is fun to watch like a prospect, like a Vito Melnecki you know, beat somebody up and end the fight right away. But when the headline fight was like this, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And with this fight, if anything, it made me question how good is Tank going to do against Ryan Garcia? Uh, you know, I shit on Ryan Garcia all the time, but I really don't like Tank Davis. 
you know, after the news leading up to this fight about some allegations, and we won't get too into that, but that plus him just kind of being an asshole about stuff, I, I wanted to like him. I can't really root for him. But after watching this fight, I didn't see that sizzle that I had seen with him before. And now I think Ryan Garcia does stand a chance against him. Right. And I've said before, these guys are independent contractors. Fight whoever you want. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm done bitching about, oh, this guy should fight this guy. This guy should fight this guy. You're an independent contractor. Fight who you want. And I'll decide whether I give a shit about it. I didn't give a shit about this fight. He didn't give a shit enough to take on a real opponent out there. You know, you said 19,000. It could have been 50,000 if he was taking on real competition. You yeah. know, it's uh boggles my mind that, you know, he's like, oh, why am I not on the pound for pound best? Because you're fighting nobody, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because you knocked me out doesn't mean you're a pound for pound great. Take on Devin Haney. All right. If you yes. want to take on Devin Haney and you can beat him, then I'll put you right at the top of the pound for pound list. But, but until then, when you're fighting these dudes, Get, you know, keep cashing your checks and, you know, God bless you for making the money, but I'm not going to put you on any pound for pound list and nobody else will either. Yeah. Now the two things with this number one kind of made me a little bit suspect of what Tank Davis has going on. Maybe he wasn't giving it his all, but also Hector Luis Garcia was just not up for this. You know, he wasn't supposed to win, but that, I thought he would at least try a little bit more. This is your moment on the big stage. Take your shot. People are always rooting for underdogs. If Saudi Arabia can beat Argentina, who then goes on to win the World Cup, then why couldn't Hector Luis Garcia end up beating Javante Davis? And then he just, he literally wasn't doing anything. He was just getting right. punched and he was running a, around. A volume puncher that did nothing. He turned the volume way down, all right, to yeah. where he was, he was muted. And this was a real stinker of a uh, main event. Yeah, now anybody who did not watch this fight, the most exciting thing to happen during this fight was a fight in the crowd. Fritz, uh, I don't think you've ever seen this before, but they literally stopped the fight in the ring because of the fight that was going on in the crowd. There was so much movement ringside, so many people running around. There's also a lot of, you could tell, like camps and people that knew fighters that were there. Right. But yeah. yeah, it went crazy. That was Garcia's only chance at winning this. When Davis started paying attention to that fight, he should have just started unloading, and maybe that was his only shot. Uh, but yeah, it was crazy. I'd definitely never seen a fight. They call timeout because there's a fight in the crowd. Yeah, let the let security take care of that, ref. You take care of the fight in the in the ropes. Get that boring fight over with. Don't call timeout. I don't want to watch this any longer. Yeah, if anything, it made me a little <laughs> bit worried about how good is the security at ringside. That you could see it building like, that, yeah. you know, it started picking up steam and then it just kept going and kept. And then all of a sudden you could tell there was a full on rumble and then they stopped the fight for over a minute. It was almost longer than like the time that they get between rounds, but it, it was super weird. And uh, that was the only exciting thing because the rest of this fight sucked. Am I looking forward to Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia, two fighters that I am not a big fan of, but that I will admit are both super talented? Yes. Like, I want to see that fight. Now, the question is, are we going to get to see that fight? Probably not. Somebody's going to stub a toe. They're going to slip in the bathtub, uh, you yeah. know, throw out their back. Like, well, what did Sammy Sosa do? I don't even want to get into Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Uh, but I will say this for anybody, I'll save you the effort of typing to me for any of the, uh, Javante Davis fans out there. 
If you want to believe his side of the story, go ahead. Uh, keep keep the wool over your eyes. I don't give a shit. Uh, so just save your messages. I, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think he's a talented boxer. Be a fan of him all you want. Just don't save your message trying to convince me that uh, I should be a fan. I'll watch him fight because he's talented, but I, I think he needs to step up who he's fighting. If you want to be on, especially if you want to be mentioned with the best, you got to fight the best, not just, I don't care what kind of tickets you're selling. You know, that's good for you, but does shit for me. Yeah, there's plenty of comedians that sell lots of tickets, but it doesn't necessarily make them a good comedian. Absolutely. Punchamaniacs, thank you for joining us this week. We have a quick episode because we just had the one card to cover, but we do got some stuff coming up next weekend. There's a few things going on. Then I'm looking forward to February where it looks like there is uh, actual boxing worth watching on DAZN. So I'll probably jump back into my DAZN subscription uh, in February. But uh, next weekend, we will have another episode for you. And uh, we'll end that episode the same way we're going to end this one with our segment called Playing Boxing. Franco, they tell us all the time you can't play boxing and we prove them wrong every week. Or every episode, at least, with our segment playing boxing. I tuned in for the YouTube portion of this of this card, where I got to see Brandon Lee and Vito Milnecki. But you saw a fight before that? Uh, yeah, there was uh, Sean West against Trayvon Marshall, which it lasted all of 45 seconds. Sean West looked like, you know, bootleg Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. And that was it. That was the only fun thing with him. He got his ass beat. Uh, Trayvon Marshall looked good. But the Brandon Lee fight was fun. I am becoming a bigger, bigger fan of this dude. Uh, while there is a big difference between Korean and Japanese, I did not know. I thought he was fully Asian. He is Korean and Mexican, meaning that he is the rare Mexican-Asian combination. Uh, I am an even bigger Brandon Lee fan now. It's basically if I would have chosen boxing as a career, I would be Brandon Lee. That's what it says, basically. Wow. I hope our producer can put like some love music on right there because Franco just <laughs> fell in love on the air, everybody. Uh, I can't believe that there is another person out there like that. Yeah. Uh, whenever whenever I describe you to some people, they think I'm setting up a joke. They're like, <laughs> all right, no, really? What? I'm like, no, whatever. But I definitely love Brandon Lee. I want to see him keep stepping up in competition as well, where he had a little bit of a scare in his last fight. He got knocked down. This one, I don't know whether they're just like, all right, we'll take a step back with Brandon Lee because mm -hmm. he was totally overmatched against uh, Diego Lequi or whatever. Uh, he, he lost. Who cares? Yeah. Either way, <laughs> he this was Brandon Lee being way, way out of this dude's league. And he when they stopped this one, I was super happy. I was like, yes, I've been saying this for a round. I'm glad that the ref finally heard me because it was time to stop it. And then that rolled into the Vito Maneki fight. Yep. And uh, I've said from, from the get-go, uh, every fight we've covered from Vito Maneki, he always shows me something that I really do enjoy. Even after his loss, yeah. where he took that loss and came back just more focused. But this fight, again, he was just way out of this dude's league. Finally, his corner saw it in the fourth, too, where I don't know whether it was simultaneously the ref had seen enough and saw the <laughs> towel, but I, I was glad. I was like, this is this is a little, little much. You know what I mean? Like, let this dude get out of here. Yeah, I thought the Milnecki fight and the Brandon Lee fight, I thought both of them went about one round or half a round too long. Both of them could have been stopped a round earlier, and it was not getting scary, but it was like, somebody please just step in. Cause these dudes are whooping the shit out of these guys. We don't need to keep going. 
Right. And then on the first fight on the pay-per-view was uh, Demetrius Andrade taking on a local guy from from D.C. or wherever he was from. Yeah, Demond Nicholas, or Nicholson. Yeah, yeah Nicholson, a son of Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, if for anybody that did not see Demetrius Andrade fight, uh, look up any one of his fights because they're all the exact same. You know, the first two rounds, he really puts in some action. Looked like he was shot out of the cannon in the first round. And then for the next 10 rounds, he just coasts. Or this one might have only been 10. They all feel like they're 16 rounds because, like I said, it's action in the first two. And then he tries to bore his opponent to death. He bores his opponent to death and the audience because <laughs> I've tried to be a fan of this dude. And he just... Every time he talks, I'm like, it's it's getting worse every time. Like, fight. The first time you had, he's like, all I could ever get as a champ was my mandatories. Well, the first time a dude stepped up that could really beat the shit out of you as your mandatory, instead of taking the fight, you vacated the belt. So don't tell me nobody will fight you. You just did to a dude what you're saying everybody else is doing. You just duck and ran. Now I don't even want to hear it. Stop saying, calling out all these huge names at 168. Fight a real dude at 168. How about that? That would be fun. Yeah, and there was some like questionable calls. There was a knockdown where it looked like he tripped over the dude's foot. Uh, that was early in the fight. But then at the end of the fight, there was a knockdown in the 12th round. That definitely was a knockdown. Like, Andrade is very explosive and he has a lot of power, but it's so few and far in between and it's kind of sloppy where it it could be exciting and the potential for me to be a big fan of him is there but then it just it doesn't happen and it ends up like you said ends up being boring this went the distance against granted it's a guy that's up in weight but not a world beater and so it's like he should have he should have been able to end it earlier and then he didn't it just kept going and dragged on and i didn't need to see that for that long but uh the the sad moment was after that fight with our boy Rashidi Ellis. Right, and that's why I bought this fight, all right? I've been a fan of Rashidi Ellis. We saw him live in Vegas, uh, you know, four or five years ago or whatever. Just a fun boxer to watch. Yeah. I still think that he won this fight. I thought maybe they were using family feud rules where the final round is worth three times the points (laughs) because that's the only round that I saw him get dominated in. Now, granted, he got knocked down twice. The dude did hit him while he was down as well, which I thought should have been a point taken off. Yep. But that's also me as a fan looking through fans' eyes on it. Here's the thing. I'm curious what he's going to do from here because I think he was hoping for a big payday at welterweight with his undefeated record. Now he doesn't have the undefeated record. I think he came into this thinking it was going to be a tune-up fight, but the other guy had different ideas like, hey, I'm here to win too. But his corner was like, you're going to have to knock him out. And granted, he got the two knockdowns, but he did not knock him out. And those first nine rounds were all Ellis. And to just have the last couple go to this dude, it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, I I could have seen it going as a draw. That's kind of what I thought it was going to go as. And one judge did have it as a draw. And then the other two had it 114, 112 for Via, which means he took like more than just that last round with the two knockdowns means he had to have taken multiple rounds, which I don't see how that could have happened and then aside from that via just wasn't impressive to me with there was the low blow there was a couple that came close and right. then he kept throwing rabbit punches and punching uh rashidi in the back of the head it was like i don't know it's it's like when one of your favorite teams 
loses to you know the Astros because they're cheating and banging on garbage cans or whatever. Right. Where it's kind of like, uh, but they yeah he beat me, but did he really beat me? Like it's not. I don't know. It, it left a bad taste in my mouth. It is a bummer, but I'm still going to watch Rashidi Ellis and I'll still be rooting for him. Yeah, I don't think it was a robbery for anybody out there like thinking my one of my favorite guys got robbed. That's not the case. It was still a close fight, yeah. you know, especially with the two knockdowns in that last round. But I still think Ellis did enough early on to w- get the W. Uh, I thought it would have been a close W, but the, the judges saw it the other way. This was... You know, one judge had it a draw. The other two had it for Via. You know, I'm not claiming robbery. This was too close to, for anybody to say robbery. But I'm curious whether where Ellis goes from here, you know, because he seems like a dude that's super talented, but he also doesn't seem like a dude that loves the game. Okay. There's dudes that just can't wait to get back in the ring. And uh, our guy has had plenty of long layoffs where he's just like, yeah. oh, I'm waiting for the right opportunity. And like I'll always say, you're an independent contractor. Take the take the jobs that you want. But I'm curious to see where he's going to go from here. And we'll, you know, just have to stay tuned and see what does happen next. And then Boots Ennis was the final warm-up for the main event. I thought this was going to go to a knockout. And the fact that it it did not, I think, shocked me and yeah. and Boots and everybody involved. But uh Karen came to came to came to fight. <laughs> Well, he came to last anyway. I'll say that. And he had a chin because Ennis did land some shots, but he just looked at him like, oh, that's that's all that you had? I think I'm going to be okay, you know? Because after he ate a couple good ones, he didn't get timid. It seemed like he almost was like, oh, all right, I can take that. Yeah. uh, So Boots Ennis fought a guy by the name of, I've been been preparing for this, Karen Chikadzian, Chikadzian, uh, but it's spelled Karen. Yes, we were already enough beers in that that dude's name was Karen for the rest of the night. If he were to walk down to the basement and we called him Karen to his face and he he would easily break all of our faces, but he was not in the basement with us. So we we just called him Karen for the rest of the night. But both guys, he would have asked to speak to the manager first. Yeah, (laughs) before he punched either one of us. So we would have been safe. Hey, I wish he would have at least talked to the manager for this fight because that would have been more interesting to watch than the fight itself because this was a long, boring fight. The over-under on it, I want to say, was like three, three and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, three and a half rounds, and it went all 12. There was no way in hell that was supposed to happen, and it was just long, 12, boring rounds. Now, we've watched Boots Ennis now a bunch of times, and he's not an exciting boxer for me. It's this is from a fan point of view. Like I can, you know, I, I would understand if another uh, boxer were to see him and appreciate what he does, or even uh, if you're his family or friends and you're like super proud of what he's done with his career. But me from a fan point of view, like is he must watch boxing? Am I excited? Even if he gets matched up with another big name? No. Cause it's just so boring. And it isn't even like, that it's a technical thing. It's just nothing happens. You, he fought some dude that nobody had ever heard of. Karen Zizium, whatever the hell his name is. He was supposed to massacre this guy. And then because he does nothing, nothing happened against a nobody. That's trash. And I don't need to see him again. All right. The following statements have been made by Franco Ocampo only. Uh, <laughs> I do not agree with these statements. I think from a fan's point of view uh was this fight great no 
but I'm not putting that on his last three or four fights. I've enjoyed watching him, and I've enjoyed watching him take these steps up to get to the co-main event status. This just wasn't wasn't a good night. So I will say, yeah, this wasn't my favorite performance by him, but he's he's shown me enough in the past that I am looking forward to the next time that he fights. Uh, now he can kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he fights Rashidi Ellis next. That would be wonderful. Ah, for me. shit. Yeah, I would I watch think that. That'd be great. Um, so, yeah, but we got that. Uh, we got a top rank card coming up January 14th. So we'll break that down for you next week. And uh, if there's any other fights coming up that I can catch on YouTube or you got, uh, you know, you're going to live stream one of your buddies' fights, reach out to us and uh, let me know. I'm happy to watch any live boxing. Just found out there's going to be some live boxing in Minnesota on uh, February 25th. I might look into going to see that live. What do you think, Franco? Can we make that trip? I think we might be able to. I, I want to make some kind of a trip this year. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I, You know, I'm always worried with boxing that making a trip to go see a fight and then with the amount of like BS that happens or all of a sudden, oh no, he was sparring and you know, broke a toe or, oh no, she was doing this and got beat up in the parking lot. And then to have it pulled, that would suck to have a whole trip built around it, but I'm down for the gamble. Right. But if we're going to just see boxing and not going to see like, oh, we're going, we're flying to see triple G. True. Then, then we, there's no, uh, there's no loss possible, you know, yeah. and then we get to drink grain belt premium. It'll be great. Yeah. Now I, I will throw this out for that card next week. I'm calling it now because uh, F.A. Jogba's headlining it and you got uh, Guido Vianello is fighting, but I am calling it now. The fight of the night is going to be Adam Blue Nose Lopez against Abraham El Supernova. Uh, that Both those guys have been fun in the past. I'm I love Abraham it now. Nova. Yeah. I'm calling it now. That's going to be the fight of the night. I want him with the full mascot and everything. Fingers crossed. He might not do it because didn't he lose last time? Uh, yes. Yeah. But so he, he took a big step up last time. So this will this will be a good bounce back for him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you guys should check it out, and then you can compare notes with us when we record uh, after that that weekend. So, all right, Punch Maniacs, thanks again for joining us. Tune in next uh, next episode when we'll have the top rank action. And if you don't have anything else, Frank, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.